Warning, the following podcast show that you're about to listen to will include explicit language and content in which you, the members of the audience, may find offensive. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Kim Wang Podcast Experience. Yeah, boy. Where anything and everything is a subject matter on the show and no subject matter is ever taboo. Damn, that's what's up, my G. And now, your host with the most, Mr. Kim Wang. Bro, am I getting paid for this? Yes. Hello. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. How the heck are you, ladies and gentlemen? I need no introduction, but... I will say it uh, of who I am and my government name. This is your host, your boy, the Asian sensation, Kim Huang, rocking out another episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience. And I'm here once again over in the Asian sensation studios in the greater Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. It has been a lovely day. It's been great. Um, And I got to say that, uh, you know, all is well in the world. First and foremost, got to give a great shout out to my Baltimore Ravens. As we actually won yesterday over in New England, right? You know, beating that uh, New England Patriot, you know, Gluteus Maximus over in their hometown, in their home field, Gillette Stadium, which I've been to Gillette. It's really nice, but give you a fair warning. If you do go over to a Patriots game, just know after the fact, you are going to stay over in that stadium for about like another four hours because there's only one way in and one way out so it's not really a cool thing for for all you pats fans and people that go to that stadium so you know god bless you for your patience and uh you know just wanting to wait until like you know the dust settles so you can finally get out of there you know and then go back to either boston or Revere or wherever it is in massachusetts that you list you know that you live in uh, first and foremost, also, I want to give a quick shout out to my boy Hector, who is not here today. Um, he is still on PTO. He's probably still in Philadelphia off of the 476 in Central Philly. So, Hector, I really appreciate it. Please enjoy a cheesesteak sandwich for me because I know that's the best place that you can enjoy it. So, uh, my recommendations you probably want to go over to the Past Yunk area. Uh, either you can go to either Pat's or Geno's. It's literally like two feet away from each other, so you can't miss it. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I have been looking forward to this. Uh, this has been an amazing, amazing moment uh, that I actually just literally, uh, you know, fished up and reeled up at the last moment. Believe it or not, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I, I usually I plan these things out. And sometimes in life, um, you know, things are always good, maybe at the spur of the moment. And this is a prime example. I have with me a guest who is a, uh, a martial artist. He is also uh, a writer. Uh, he is going to be starring in a movie called Scrolls of Honor. And, uh, you know, it is great to have him. Which special note, you know, he is, you know, a great man of martial arts, but don't call him a Sifu. He's just, he's just a guy, you know, a regular guy that trains and, and spreads the love of martial arts and, and helps out uh, his community in any which way we can. And we're glad to have him over here. Jimmy D. Nolte is in the building live and in living color. Jimmy, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you, Kim. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I swear you are a busy man, you know, now these days because it's like whenever we try to uh, get with you, it's like 
uh, I'll be right there with you. I, I, I got like a lot of things that I'm <laughs> handling, like, you know, Batman saving Gotham City. I wish it was that simple. <laughs> <laughs> right on. I'd love to be Batman. Uh, you know what? It's funny. Um, I, I was never a Batman guy. I was the Robin guy. And the reason why I'm the Robin guy, and this is my theory, and you can, you know, we can debate about this a little bit if you want, but I always felt Robin did all the work. Batman got all the glory. What do you think about that? I agree. <laughs> However, there's no debate because I was actually a Superman fan. Okay. Growing up, Superman was my guy. Okay. So I like Batman. I like Robin, but I'd have to go with Superman. Okay. That's a fair deal. That's a fair deal. Well, you know, let's go ahead, like, you know, like always on the episode, uh, no time like the present to, you know, to hash it out. Um, now, you know, obviously you uh, are currently living in the, you know, metropolitan Washington, D.C. area, but were you originally from the area? So all my life I've been in Silver Spring. Okay. I was born in Washington, D.C., but mm -hmm. grew up in Silver Spring. Okay. Okay. So where did, where, did, where did you go to school, like, you know, like, let's say um, high school-wise? Where did you go? Springbrook. Oh, yes! Blue Devils, baby. Yes. yes. I was yep. uh, gra graduate in 97. 92. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, Springbrook was, uh, that was my old stomping grounds, man. So was, um, at the time when you were, um, when you attended, was uh, Mr. Crestel uh, principal? Um, it was Dr. Marshall. Oh, Dr. Marshall. And Mr. Camisa was the vice principal at okay. the time that I was there. Okay. What now was it um now was it uh where you went to Springbrook, was it over right there on University Boulevard? Uh right there, like almost going towards uh uh Wheaton? Like where was where was the school? No, so when I was there, it was right before they started the remodel. And it was off of Valley Brook Drive. Okay. Right between like uh, White Oak and the Randolph Road area. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah so not far from uh, White Oak Middle School. No, not far at all. Okay. Literally across the street. Okay. Right on. So, um, you know, growing up, um, being, you know, let's say, you know, young Jimmy, mm -hmm. you know, what was young Jimmy like back in the day growing up in, in Silver Spring, Maryland? Was he like, uh, <laughs> God. was he like a rock and roller? Was he like into like, you know, like art? Was he into theater? Was he into sports? Um, what's, what's your story to the morning glory? So, I, you know, not really into any of those. Okay. Um, I mean, I always wanted to be an actor. Okay. So that was that was kind of always like in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. I never knew how to pursue it. I never really knew how to get into it. Right. Um, growing up, uh, I have no brothers or sisters. I was an only child. Oh, wow. So my close knit friends, you know, they were kind of my, my run with group. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, we just did basic, you know, basic kid stuff. And then when I was a teenager, it was just, you know, basic teenager. Couldn't wait to graduate high school. Gotcha. I hated every moment of it. <laughs> I, I was that. not a school person. I understand that. Uh, when I was in first grade, I went to private school. Okay. And uh, I remember the first day of school, first grade, my mother dropped me off at the front door. And I waited for her to drive off. And I ran down the hallway and ran out the back door and hid in the woods oh. until a teacher found me. And uh, <laughs> called her and said, I think we got a problem. 
Uh-oh. So uh, my mother ended up becoming the secretary at the school, and that's how I went all eight years ah. because I had no place to run or hide because she worked there. Ah, so you were basically under that, you know, that mother surveillance. I, uh, big time, I was <laughs> on the radar. So, oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so after all that and after, uh, you know, graduating from uh, Springbrook High School, go mm-hmm. Blue Devils. The Blue Devils. <laughs> um, you know, where, where did um, – where did the life meter take you? Where, 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 where on the map did you go? Well, it's funny because most of my friends immediately went to college okay. right after graduation. Right. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Okay. So I kind of floated around, did odd and end type jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when I really kind of started to get into martial arts. Okay. And I started to get into like physical fitness. Ah. And I really enjoyed it. Right. I started working out. I, I got like a bunch of cheap weights. I think they were, you know, the plastic weights that you filled with water. Water, yeah, that's or right. Or sand or something. Yeah, right, right. And uh, I started working out with those, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought, you know what, why not make a living from this? Yeah. So I went to Montgomery College, and I took up kinesiology and kinesthetics and got into personal training. Oh, wow. Right on. Yeah. How long did how long did that program take for you to go into kinesiology at um, Montgomery College? So it was four years. Okay. It was a four year program. Okay. And um, then I I immediately started working at a gym, and I've been with the gym industry since '99. Okay. So more than twenty years. Which um, which gyms did you um, did you work at? So I started with Bally Total Fitness. Uh, oh. <laughs> Mid Pike Plaza in Rockville. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I met a lot of really wonderful people there. Um, some of them are still my best friends. Uh-huh. And I was with them for probably like four years. Okay. I was a fitness manager. Okay. So I was over the lifeguards. I was over the cleaning crew. Right. The PT staff. Right. And I just, you know, it was a lot of office work and I missed the training side of it. So I wanted to get back into the personal training, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I did. I stayed with Bally's another year after that. Then they closed down. They ran into some issues, and I went to Gold's Gym uh, probably about 2005, Okay. and I was with Gold's Gym until COVID struck. Oh, geez. Now, which Gold's Gym were you over at the one over at, uh, Rock in Rockville? Or which one did you go to? So I opened up the Gold's Gym that was on Randolph Road. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I was with them for about four years. And then the rest of my tenure at Gold's Gym was Rockville Town Square. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love Rockville Town Square. It was great. I loved it. It was, it was a great place. And it's just unfortunately COVID struck and things got closed down. And it just, yeah. You know, personal training hasn't really been the same since. Yeah, I, you know, when COVID did hit, it did make things hard for everybody. Very you know, difficult. no matter like you know what business or industry that you're in, some some businesses actually just you know 86th and closed down. Yeah, completely. Yeah. So I feel I really feel bad for you know those business owners because you know once you you know shut operations down like forever, it's hard to get back into it even if you wanted to. Right. So, yeah. So let's ask the uh, the almighty question here. Sure. When when did the martial arts bug bit you? Or better yet, let's let's go <laughs> let's go back a little bit further. When did you actually see martial arts for the first time? So it's interesting because I had watched 
I mean, as a kid, the 80s ninja movies. Yeah. There was ninjas in every 80s movie. Oh, for sure. And uh, I got a first taste of Kung Fu with The Last Dragon. Yes. Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. Last Dragon, Dragon. yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it just... I was a kid. It didn't really stick with me. You know, I saw it. I was kind of familiar with it. Right. And then as I got older in high school, growing up in Langley Park... You kind of either got your butt handed to you mm-hmm. or you survived. Wow. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, that's for sure. And I realized that, you know what? I wasn't always going to have my friends around. So I needed something other than, you know, just kind of dirty street fight. Right. So I got into, um, I actually, I talked my father into teaching me. Oh, wow. My dad was in the 101st Airborne. He was a Vietnam veteran. Oh, wow. And... He, you know, he learned what he did at, in Schofield Barracks, and then he picked up some Vo Vietnam okay. in Vietnam. Okay, the Vietnamese Kung Fu system. The Vietnamese Kung Fu system. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And uh, I finally talked him into showing me stuff, mm-hmm. and that was really my first form. And then I had a friend that moved two houses down from us, and they were from China. Oh, wow. They were Chinese and Thai. Mm-hmm. And on his father's side, they were Chinese. His mother's side was Thai. Thai. Okay. Yeah. And his grandfather had a wooden dummy. And I had no idea what a wooden dummy was. Okay. Never seen one before. Mm-hmm. And it was in the backyard. So the old man would be out there. And I mean, he would beat on this thing and it would sound like a machine gun. Right. Yeah. And he was just this really old, like frail Chinese man. But when he hit this wooden dummy, you could feel the vibration. Oh, wow. And I wanted to know what it was. So I said to his grandson, Billy, and I, we grew up together. You know, we'd go out in, in the street and play street tennis because right. we didn't have rackets. So oh, we, for it sure. Was a, it was a handball <laughs> right. sort of street tennis. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to him, I said, Billy, I said, what does he do? He was like, I don't know, man. He said, I'm into computers. He said, I'm not even into that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, no. I said, but I want to be into that. He was like, look, he says, my grandfather doesn't speak English. He only speaks Cantonese. And he said, he is not going to take his time to train you in something that neither one of you are going to understand each other. So I said to him, I said, ah, but my friend, that's where you come in. Uh (laughs) I said, you speak both so you could translate. So long story short, we worked out a deal Mm -hmm. where they would go to China every summer and I would cut the grass. I would take in their mail. I would put the lights on to make it look like somebody was home. Mm-hmm. And in the fall and the winter and the spring, the old man would teach me this Chinese boxing. Wow. Which, come to find out, the technical name was Wing Chun. Mm-hmm. But it was known as Chinese She's boxing. boxing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he would teach me. And I would pick up the Cantonese. And I know he didn't pick up any English because he wasn't interested. Right. <laughs> but I was interested in that culture and i was interested in what that was right and he taught me wing chun right so i stuck with it for four years and got certified under him wow Um, god bless the old man he passed away many 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 years ago Mm. and um, his legacy lives on in what he taught me and the beauty of that type of martial art Mm -hmm. and i just you know from there i started teaching wing chun to people that i knew and that snowballed when I got a job at the gym because then I met more diverse people from different backgrounds. Correct. And I learned Thai boxing, 
and we would do a trade-off. It would be Thai boxing for Wing Chun, mm -hmm. or it would be, you know, uh, American boxing for Wing Chun basics. Okay. So that's how I kind of put together my own form. Wow. I don't really do just Wing Chun anymore because I've learned that there are limitations if you stick to one style or you stick to one way of doing things. Right, right. That's almost kind of similar, like, you know, how um, Bruce Lee did it. You know, I think I think anybody who is a real martial artist and, and the, the MMA thing is big, right? Because it's cross training. For sure. And I think that anybody who is a real martial artist or a real fighter realizes that you have to kind of get thrown into different things yep. and pick up the common denominator of each style. Right. And essentially, I think everybody kind of creates your own way or create your own form of doing things right because if you follow the old ways or you follow the strictly traditional ways right you're not adapting to the environment today which leads me to the question when you actually were coming up on wing chun and you actually started you know blending in these styles was there at any point in time or any concern in your in your thoughts that uh okay uh, there might be some people like the, you know, the traditionalists that might be really be ticked off about what I'm doing versus like, oh, well, you know, I, I mean, now these days everybody's fusing everything. So, you know, if it's useful, you know, why, why go against the grain? Well, you know, it's funny because I feel like you almost have to do that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like if we take Tai Chi. Right. Which is a very traditional, very fluid motion. Correct. Right. And you see a lot of the old people. Right. In China doing these exercises, which good for them. Right. You know, they're moving. Yeah. But the philosophy of it is running water never grows stale. So you keep moving. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's got to be the same thing with the martial arts. I think you have to keep moving. Right. And keep evolving or else you're going to be left behind. Okay. And especially today when everybody comes from such a diverse background. Yep. Right? Yep. There are no strict Wing Chun against Wing Chun or no strict, you know, Thai boxer against a Thai boxer. Correct. It's now it's like everybody has various backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So I think you need to adapt to that. And I think this is where the MMA does excel against the traditional arts because the traditional guys just kind of stay in the tradition. Yeah. You know, whereas MMA and boxers, they take punches, they take kicks. Right. So they're able to adapt to, you know, a spinning kick from a Taekwondo guy or a low roundhouse from a Thai boxer or a kickboxer. Correct. Or how to adapt to that jab from a boxer versus the way a Thai boxer does it. Right. So that I think that you have to evolve, you know, and I think that you don't want to be stagnant in your style right going back a little bit you know uh when you were actually training in wing chun what was what what was the feeling like you know like the evolving uh process of you know starting not knowing a thing to evolving to the person of the knowledge of wing chun that that you are today i mean like how how was the training coming up was it was it difficult was it is what you thought like it was like you know traditional and ancient uh how did you perceive it yeah so the old man hated me actually oh, oh because <laughs> i asked a lot of questions right because again you're blending two different cultures yes right of course so i think 
in, in this country, I, which is where I grew up, we ask a lot of questions. Yeah, that's a norm. That's the norm. Right. Whereas in China, and of course this was an old man, so his generation was, you don't ask questions. You just do what Sifu tells you. Right. Right. And you just, this is how we did it for 400 years. Right. So who are you to come along and break that mold or try something different? Right. And I didn't test him. I just asked, you know, why would this work? Right. Because it was very traditional and the, the training was very hard and it was very difficult because it was as if he was training me 400 years ago. Right. And after I got certified from him and after I broke away from him, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't agree with. Mm. And there's a lot of Wing Chun stuff that I won't do today and I won't teach people today because number one, I don't teach just Wing Chun. Right. I teach my form right. that I've learned right. over the years. Right. Because I feel like Wing Chun has a lot of limitations in stuff. And I feel like it it has its good points when you're close quarter. Right. Right. So if you're going to fight somebody in a bathroom or on an airplane, Wing Chun is amazing. And mm-hmm. It's going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. But if you're fighting somebody who is a jujitsu black belt, then it's probably not going to do so well because he's going to take you out of that element. Correct. He's going to take you out of that third range of combat. Correct. So this is why you have to adapt and evolve. And I think you have to know, you know, other things to be a martial artist today. And it's just, he would, you know, if he was alive, um, he probably wouldn't speak to me anymore because he would say that I perverted the style. I perverted the art, but I feel like I did myself a justice Mm-hmm. Because you quoted Bruce Lee, right? You, yeah. you brought up Bruce Lee. Correct. And his theory was martial art was made for men. Men weren't made for the martial art. Mm-hmm. And when you stop and think about it, it's like that's absolutely 100% correct. That's, you yeah. know, we can't force ourselves to be stuck in this box. That's correct. And I, just, I felt like you know, learning from him, I was in a box. Right. Until I realized that there's other ways to do it without without taking away the beauty of Wing Chun or without destroying the, the idea or the concept of Wing Chun, mm-hmm. there are ways that we can use that Wing Chun in other ways and other forms and other styles without, you know, completely negating it. Correct. So some martial artists, when they reach a certain point and they, you know, uh, train in like, let's say one specific style, and then they start to fuse other styles, you know, and so forth. Um, I guess in a sense, they start to like, you know, create, you know, their own system and they kind of rebrand it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, say, for example, um, uh, Chuck Norris uh, traditionally did Tong Sudo, mm-hmm. but then he did it like, you know, other things. And he, he invented a style and now it's called um, Chun uh, Cook Do, I believe, or something like that to that effect. And then, you know, with uh, Bruce Lee, you know, he, you know, was a Wing Chun man, but then he started to adapt uh, different types of styles and so forth. Therefore, he invented, you know, Jeet Kune Do. So did you essentially invent your own kind of style, your own art? I did. And what I what I did was the different. So the Wing Chun would be like nucleus. Correct. Right? Yeah. What my father taught me, I blended with the Wing Chun. Because in Vovanam, you have a lot of close quarter also. So That's, it's, it's very similar. Right. 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 There's a lot of kicks. 
in Vovenom, which you would appreciate because it's very similar to Taekwondo right. as well. Right. So what I did was I, I took the hand techniques and the low-line kicks of Vovenom and the elbows, and I put that in with the Wing Chun stuff. So mm-hmm. that was like the nucleus. Right. The boxing that I did and the Thai boxing and the other things that I picked up from you know other great martial arts friends of mine, I took the common denominator of each one. Ah. And I put together a form that, to me, is a street effective. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Because then, moving forward, I ended up getting a job when I was at Bally's working with law enforcement. Mm. And I worked with the field officer for the DEA. I trained him privately. Ah, nice. I also trained some military personnel. So I had to put something together that was efficient and quick for them because they don't have time to go rounds. That's right. Right? So I had to come up with something that would get them in and get them out. Ah. Right? Right. So if you're going to, if, if your philosophy is we need to end a street fight in three minutes or less, why don't we train that way? Right. Why doesn't our form or, and I hate to say style because it sounds solid, right? Solidified. Yeah. But method. Mm-hmm. then why doesn't your method train that way? Why don't you train to be done in, a, in an encounter right. in three minutes or less? Right. So this is kind of what I put together. I took the, the beauty of that Chinese culture that I learned from Mr. Zhang, and I named it Guanjido. Okay. Which in Cantonese, it means way of the light. Nice. So it's a spiritual journey for me. Mm-hmm. It was a philosophical journey for me. Mm-hmm. And the darkness and the dark places that I was in before I found myself in the martial art, the martial arts brought me into the light of knowledge and the light of who I am and what I am and what I want to do. So Guanjido is very personal for me. It's the way of the light because it brought me into a knowledge, into a culture, into a beauty, into something that is my very being. I see. Martial arts, to me, is not something that we do. It's something that we live. Right. Right? We live it. We breathe it. It becomes who we are. Right. And it makes us what we are. Nice. A better human being. Right. Because when you know violence, you also know humility. Mm-hmm. And when you know to hurt, you also know how to heal. Right. Right? Right. So I would rather be the loving, peaceful guy who encounters the drunk in the bar and say, hey, man, you know... Let's just be friends, right, right? Right. Or the guy who's aggressive, let me buy you a drink. Yeah. You know, and call it a day. Yeah. Right? Versus destroying this person because I know that I can, why do I need to prove it? Right? Yeah. Unless you do something to me personally or to my family, then that's different. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it's like let's take this beauty and let's become better people. Let's right. let the martial arts make us a better human being and a better human race. Right? Yep. I've been to many, many demos where everybody there who is a black belt, they're the nicest people. They're the most humble people. Mm -hmm. They're the most loving people. Yeah. And they're the most diverse. There's blacks, there's whites, there's Asians, there's Hispanics, there's Indians. There's everybody coming together in the name of martial art, right? Yeah. So if this is the mindset, then I wish everybody was a martial artist because then the world would be a better place. Amen to that. Holy cow. So... How do you, um, okay, in terms of like your training, 
I think that, you know, I think it's safe to say that when you were younger, you know, you were training, uh, you know, a lot because you had more of the free time. Now that, you know, you are, you know, who you are today, a well, um, you know, seasoned man, as we would like to say, <laughs> um, you know, what is your training like now? Do you train as much now as you did then? Um, do you block in specific times during the week where you do train? If you do train, uh, what does your training consist of? So a lot of a lot of the training that I do is um, to hone or to keep those reflexes for that efficiency, right? For that those quick techniques that are needed in a real situation. Yes, sir. I still train with with people. Um, I still exchange knowledge with people mm-hmm. and I still learn from others as well. Right. Because again, if I go back to that Tai Chi, running water never grows stale. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I say, oh, this is the be all end all, then I've, I've stagnated myself. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And martial arts are always changing. Right. We now have more martial artists than we did 40 years ago. That's right. And they're bringing new styles. They're bringing new ways of doing things. That's right. So I feel like we need to learn each one, teach one. That's right. right? Yeah. So that that way we become more well-rounded. Right. And that's my philosophy now is let me learn from others. Let me continue to learn from myself. You know, I had a philosophy a couple of years ago. It's wise to learn from others, but it's a genius to learn from yourself. Yep. And when you think about it, it's like, what do I daily need to get rid of and what do I need to keep? Yeah. What do I need to fix? And that goes even beyond the martial arts, right? Like if we're going to be better people, what is it about myself that I need to change to be a better person? Yeah. Do I need to be more patient? Do I need to be more humble? Right. So this is also honing those skills Mm -hmm. that we need Mm -hmm. because martial arts or Kung Fu, it's not just your hands but it's your mind and your spirit, right? So everything has to be one. Right. Everything has to be balanced. Right. And if one is more than the other, there's an imbalance. So there's an imperfection. Okay. So these are the things that I try to do. Physically, I still try to work out, you know, a couple hours a day. um, Because I, again, I feel like you have to, you have to keep those reflexes, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you have to keep prepared at all times. That's right. Because you never know. Yep. And in today's world, you have to be more prepared than what you did 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, that's right. So that that preparation is much better than finding the cure. Yep. I hear that. Have you ever dealt with uh, certain people that try to not say, um, you know, test your martial arts knowledge in the phil- uh, physical sense, but more of the uh, phys- uh, philosophical and intellectual sense? Like example, you might meet somebody, uh, he may not know a lick about martial arts at all. Like I'm talking about like 0%. But that same individual will probably start talking off his rear about certain things and kind of pretend like he really knows it all when deep down in your mind you're like, this guy's like batting zero for 500. <laughs> yeah, You know, you, you encounter all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. You know, all walks of life. Right. 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 And sometimes you need to know when to pick your battles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to know when to just, you know, shake hands and move on. Because you're just not going to get through to some people. Yeah. You know, whether it's physically or spiritually or mentally or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I try not to to really put too much time or energy into that mm-hmm. because being a martial artist and you know speaking to I know that there's probably quite a few martial artists that are going to listen to this you included you're able to read people right right you're able to read not only a, a person's physical movements mm-hmm. but their I guess their energy because we're able to pick up that sensitivity yep and sometimes you just know when a person is receptive and you know sometimes when a person's not receptive and mm-hmm. you just you have to move on right you know right um, just like in a fight you know in a physical fight you have to know when to pick your battles right when is it worth putting some guy's face through the wall and yeah when is it not <laughs> worth it right you know and i think that over time as you grow and you mature you're less apt to get involved in either of those. I got you. A mental duel or a physical duel. Right. I hear you. So let's go ahead and, um, you know, as we would say, let's uh, skip the chapters on the DVD. Um, at You know, when, when did you personally discover the world of, like, uh, acting in the um, local film sense? And, you know, and how did you pursue that? So... I used to love to watch Kung Fu theater mm-hmm. when I was a kid, mm-hmm. a teenager. Right. You know, when I just started to discover the martial arts. Yeah, yeah. And I remember they were all these 1970s cheesy flicks, but they were incredible to watch. Yeah. You know, the, I... the dynamics and the, the techniques and the choreography. They had no plot and no story. They were ridiculous as could be, mm-hmm. but they were absolutely entertaining. Mm-hmm. because of the fighting spoke for itself. <coughs> right. And I always wanted to do something along those lines. Okay. As a homage to those 70s Kung Fu flicks, those uh, the Jackie Chan master with crooked fingers. And, <laughs> you know, when the teacher would have him, you know, squatting over a candle and holding jugs of water and this yes, very <laughs> hard, typical training that you would see back in those days. Right. And I thought, man, this was this was entertainment. This this brought people joy, right? Mm-hmm. But it also gave the beauty of the arts. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to pursue something like that, but I had no idea where to go. I had no clue where to pursue this. I knew that I wasn't going to be accepted in Hollywood, right? That's a dime a dozen. There's a guy on every street corner in L.A. trying to get into Hollywood. Right. So for some time, it just kind of sat in the back of my mind. And then a couple of years ago, I actually met a couple of guys that were guerrilla filmmakers, Mm -hmm. local guys. And they had an idea for this project that they wanted to do. Okay. But they had a fight scene. So somehow or another, somebody threw my name into the hat. And they reached out to me and they said, can you help us choreograph the fight scene? Right. So now I was a little selfish with this. I'll be honest. (laughs) I thought to myself, well, maybe if I scratch their back, they can also scratch mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's kill two birds with one stone. For sure. So I said, absolutely. I'd love to help you guys. So I helped them. Long story short, I brought up the idea of doing a Kung Fu movie that one would show the beauty of the martial arts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Two, 
it would show the beauty of Asian culture because it was something that I was very well steeped in having been around this type of style, this art, this thing of learning from people that opened up their door to me. Right. You know, right. They took me in, they fed me, they trained me. And everybody that I learned from nine times out of 10 was Asian. Right. Mm -hmm. So they were very welcoming. And I thought, you know, today in today's world, we don't have that type of a story. Right. Right. So let's do something like that. And right away, these guys, they were on board with it. So I gave them a treatment and they wrote a script for the last five or six years. We've been really trying to get it out there and not knowing how to do it. Mm -hmm. Until we met somebody a couple months ago and just on Facebook, right. we were looking to, um, you know, bring in some actors and advertise. Right. And he reached out to us. Your very good friend, Patrick. Oh, yeah. Patrick Opitz. Yeah. Patrick Opitz. And he said, hey, look, he said, I work for the county. And he said, we do this thing where we're able to put it in movie theaters in Gaithersburg. Right. So, man, it just it, it just snowballed from there. And I said to him, I said, do you know people? I said, Asian actors, because this is an Asian piece. It's a period piece. There's no guns, no explosions. So we cut down on budget because there is no budget. Right. So we want to set it, you know, back in the day where it's pure Kung Fu, where it's just all Asian cast showing case showcasing their skills showcasing the arts right and you know what he sent me you kim <laughs> to which we are so ever grateful and he sent us so many other people that you know we're now doing this project and it's actually coming to fruition how, how did the concept of uh, um uh, scrolls of honor which is that that project uh how did that come together how did you how did you like you know put it from imagination to pen writing it to paper like what was the story behind all that how did you how did you uh create that to life so i'm actually mixed my father was irish mm -hmm. uh, born here but my on my mother's side they're all native american okay on my grandmother and my grandfather's side okay so coming from that background I thought, you know, I don't want to do an Old West, right? I don't want to play the mixed guy in the Old West because mm. that's been so overplayed. Right. You know, and it's been so used up. So I thought, how can I put my knowledge of the martial arts, my admiration of the, the Asian culture and it, the background of, of the beauty of it? So I thought, let's take a chapter out of each one of these movies that I've watched. Mm -hmm. And again, what's the common denominator? You have a guy who's searching for something, yep. whether it's the knowledge of the arts or he's searching for somebody who's killed his family member, right? or he's searching for somebody that's done his teacher in. And I thought all of these are overplayed. What would what would this character be searching for? Right. Knowledge, right? We're all searching for knowledge. Right. But the scrolls contain this hidden knowledge that talks about who this mixed person is coming from an occupied, a British occupied country and a Chinese mother. Mm -hmm. So 
I kind of thought, let's put let's put pen to paper and come up with a guy who's half Chinese, half European, looking to find out who he really is, mm-hmm. raised by his grandfather, who is a master of the martial arts, and is taught this, but he's not fully accepted by the Chinese because he's not full Asian, right. and he's certainly not accepted by the, the Europeans because he's got Asian blood. Right. Now this guy, this this poor sucker, has been elected to retrieve these scrolls that are stolen by another disgruntled student who is full Chinese and thinks that he has the rights to these scrolls, even though he's not blood-related to the grandfather. Right. So all these thoughts were like stirring in my mind, and I put them down in a treatment, and I gave it to these two guys, and they masterfully turned it into a story because I had a bunch of chicken scratch and it was like, you know, crossed out and rewritten and, you know, it was just kind of jumbled all over the place. Right. They took these hieroglyphics and came up with a wonderful story that I'm very happy with and very proud to be a part of. Nice. And I think one of them, if I, uh, if, if I can say the name uh, Confidence, uh, Aurelio Arango. Yes. How did you uh, connect with him? So he and his brother, Ellie, they were the ones doing a story a couple years ago and needed somebody to do a fight choreography for Mm. them. Okay. And they were the guys that I thought, hey, if I scratch your back, maybe these guys will scratch mine. Right. And they've done a great job at scratching my back because they've done a a really terrific job at this story. And I'm very happy with it. And I think that it's going to hopefully a couple of things hit home for some people right that you know maybe are confused about who they are in life Mm -hmm. and where they're going Mm -hmm. you know nothing is impossible the only limitations we have are what we set for ourselves correct and i'm hoping that this character in the story will convey that message to people that it's okay to be different it's okay to be who you are embrace who you are right no matter what your race is what your creed is what your beliefs are embrace who you are Right. You know, because you're you've got all these God given talents. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Show them and be a light to the world. Be a Guanjito to the world. Nice. You know, nice. The other thing is I want to show the world the beauty of the Asian arts, the beauty of Asian culture, the beauty of where the mother of these things came from. OK. Right. Everything came from Shaolin, you know, and it went to each country and each person took it and again evolved it adapted it and created it and made it their own. Okay. Yeah. But the Shaolin monks, these unsung guys are the ones that really started the arts and showing this Chinese culture, this, this Asian culture, again, no matter what, what type of Asian you are, you have something beautiful to show. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. In the arts and in who you are and what you are. And again, I want to convey that in this story. And the other thing is, in today's world, Kim, we need a hero. We need somebody that we can look up to, somebody that does the right thing. Yeah. Somebody who's not afraid to do the right thing. Yeah. Somebody who's not afraid to show fear, confusion, anxiety, not sure what to do, relying on other people. Right. It's okay to do that because we're all human and we all have these fallacies and we all have these needs as people. right? Right. No matter what we are. Right. And the other thing with with being a hero is you don't have to be the guy that, you know, has hundreds of women and, you know, thousands and thousands of cars and dollars and big homes. 
It's okay to be a simple average person who goes home to your wife and kids and you're making it in life. You're moving forward. You're being a light. You're being a Guanjito. Yeah. And I want to convey that, you know what? Being normal is, it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Right on. You know, you don't have to be a spectacular person to achieve great things because all of us are spectacular. Normal people, everybody is a spectacular person and you can achieve anything in life that you want if you put your mind to it. If you believe in yourself and you believe that the only limitations you have are your own limitations and you get over that, you can be anything that you want. Look, I came from no acting background. I came from not having any knowledge of, of how to even do a story to having a story and getting it out there. We're actually going to submit this story in November to an Asian film festival, which is seen by over 46,000 people. Nice. So again, nothing's impossible if you really believe in yourself and you, you have something that you believe in, you can do it. Love it. Love it. As far as the cast goes, I mean, how did you know which people to select and and just be like, okay, this is the person that we want. This is the person that we want. This is the person that we want. So each person that reached out, I did a, a phone interview. Mm -hmm. And I narrowed it down to a handful of people that really struck me. And what struck me about that handful of people was their drive. Was their drive to take something right. that I had mm -hmm. and create it. Right. And help me create it. Right. Without them, this wouldn't get off the ground. Yep. But each one of them was so excited to put their own spin on it and to develop their own character that immediately I was like reeled in and I was like, yes, these, these are the folks that I want. Right on. Each one of them had an art, a martial art, and I wanted them to showcase that art, right? Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't want to be the type of person that's like, no, we got to do it this way. I want you to showcase what you do. I want you to showcase the beauty of what you know and what you're able to convey through your character on film so that your fight speaks for itself. Yep. And people will look at that and be like, man, you know, look at what that guy can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that being said, now we have like, you know, the cast, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we brought everything together from, I would say, let's say from day one of just actually to rehearsals up to the very first day of filming. What was that process like for you? What was that process like uh, towards the cast? If you have any opinions on that. Well, again, my opinion on the cast is that they're, they're great people. Mm -hmm. um, and they have kept me motivated because I've seen their motivation. Right. Right. And I feel like we're all in this together and nobody wants to let the other person down. Right. Right. So I feel like, you know, they, they have been a strength for me as well. And they've inspired me to keep going, which is, you know, I'm, I'm ever so grateful to the entire cast. You included, Kim, because you are part of the cast. I just want to throw that out there. Um, you know, there's there's been setbacks. There's been holdups. There's been moments where it feels like, you know, maybe this is too good to be true. 
But then there's also been great moments. There's been rewarding moments. There's been fulfilling moments. There's been moments where I look at this and I'm like, yes, I can see the final product. I can see the end of the road right. with this. Right. And that's just like anything in life. You know, you have ups and downs and you, how you deal with it. Right. Dictates really what the outcome is going to be. Do you give up or do you move forward? Right. Right. And it's the same thing. It's like if you, if you compare this to a fist fight, you move forward, you continue, you don't give up, you know, until you succeed. And it's the same thing with this. We're not going to give up until we succeed. And I do, I do down the road, see that success. When it comes to the choreography, um, in this particular project, um, what, what is that process like? Um, do you feel that, uh, you know, there was a certain way that, you know, a certain choreography had to be done or was it more like, okay, whatever it is that you think that you can offer on the table, just throw it on there right now. I was only, was and am only critical of my own choreography. Mm -hmm. And that's because I know what I want my character to convey. Okay. Physically. Okay. And I know what I want my techniques to be. Okay. As far as everybody else's, um, I've not interfered. I've given everybody free reign and said, hey, look, you know, I want you to do what, what you're comfortable with. I want you to showcase with what you do. Um, and I'm very happy with what they've put together. I, I think they've done a great job. What I do like about everybody is the camaraderie and the fact that we can give suggestions mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. uh, we have in the past given suggestions and some of them, you know, some of them we've accepted and some of them we've been like, no, we're going to, I like how I do my way or I like how he does his thing. And I mean, to me, that's perfectly fine mm -hmm. because I want everybody to feel comfortable, yeah. you know, and if, if the director says, Kim, I, I want you to do this and you're not comfortable with that and you say, I'm, I'm not, I can't do that, I'm not comfortable with that, right. then I want you to do what you do. Right. And I want you to be comfortable with it. Because like I said from the very beginning, we're all in this together. And this is not my project. This is everybody's project. Correct. Everybody's putting their time and their effort, their blood, their sweat and their tears. And I'm sure we probably all cried and all sweated and probably lost some blood. Right. And right. we've all done it together. <laughs> yep. So it's ours. And I want everybody to, to make it Ours, theirs, yep, us. I will say that uh, just from a person looking in the spectrum within the circle, um, what I can say is that everybody has, um, from what I've seen, uh, give, give, they gave pretty much uh, their 100% everything that they can do. Um, there's some that, uh, you know, when it comes to like learning certain things like, uh, you know, certain basic stunts, um, you know, some definitely got it. Some, you know, it's like, OK, we have to we have to coach you a little bit because, you know, maybe this is something that you haven't done before. But I think overall, like the consensus is it's been good. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really been good. You know, I mean, obviously, you know. Rome wasn't built in a day. It really wasn't, which is, you know, th that's the God honest truth. But, you know, it was built. And I feel like, you know, we're still building on it and it's still good. And uh, there's a good thing going. And uh, if there's a good thing going, uh, you know, why mess with the vibe? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, 100%. yeah. Um, how has the, I mean, I know that right now you're in the process of filming. Um, how has the filming process been so far? It's been, it's good. Um, there's times that it has been tough just simply due to the weather. Yep. Um, it's been ridiculously hot. Not so much now, but, you know, the couple of times that we did film, it, it was, you know, pretty hot. Yeah. Um, the humidity was a killer. For sure. But, you know, again, it's something that we all love and we persevered and, and we went through it because, you know, those few hours of being uncomfortable doesn't in any way um, compare to the final outcome when we have a project that's done and we have a project that's in the film festivals which, by the way, this is only one film festival. Right. We are next year going to submit them to quite a few. Right. Um, I am looking at Sundance. I am looking at Cons. Nice. And I am looking at um, a couple of other ones, too. Very good. So, yeah, it's sky's the limit. You know, we're not going to limit ourselves to just local stuff or just a few things. It's like, hey, we've got something that we believe in. We've got something great. Yep. You know, let's take it as far as we can take it. So when you look at that, you know, being in the heat and being hungry and, and being thirsty and, you know, sweating, you know, profusely for a couple of hours. Yep. You know, that that doesn't even compare. And I know that um, when it comes to this particular project, uh, we have been fortunate because we actually had uh, a lot of great uh, generous benefactors. Uh, one of them, uh, Sean Queen of Kicked Up over in, um, in Jessup, Maryland. Uh, who has been nothing but supportive uh, for us and this project, mm -hmm. uh, allowing you know us to have you know certain uh, training sessions over there. So, um, Sean, if you're listening, we we really appreciate you, buddy. I mean, it's you know you, you your generosity knows no bounds, and we really appreciate that. Um, Century Martial Arts. Uh, they have actually gotten into the mix and believed in your project. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, it's like, uh, what do you need? Here we go. And, and, and we've been, uh, blessed, uh, by, uh, century to, you know, been given, uh, great things and supplies of what we needed for this, uh, you know, um, particular film shout out to, uh, Chastity Scarberry, uh, for, you know, really making it happen and, you know doing what you do over there you guys are amazing um where do you see this film in terms like you know the potential and the tra uh, trajectory where do you where do you see it going do you really see that it's going to be knocking right out of the park or do you think it's going to be knocked out of the park so far that it's going to reach um galactic proportions <laughs> so if if i put a limit on it, mm -hmm. then it's not going to go anywhere. Ah. So I don't put any limit because to me, nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And this could go beyond the galaxy. Wow. And if it does, then fantastic because we accomplished what we set out to do. Mm -hmm. And that just means that the next project has to go further. Correct. And further and further until. You know, we are completely out of our Milky Way zip code <laughs> and into another galaxy far, far away. Oh, I love it. I, I love the reference. I love the reference. 
when when it's all said and done, um, and I know this this has probably been asked, but I'll I'll uh, I'll ask it in another way. Sure. When it's all said and done, when it comes to you know scrolls of honor, um, what kind of you know legacy are you hoping that it will develop? Good question. The legacy that I hope that it would develop, mm -hmm. and when I have left this world, mm -hmm. whenever that is, the legacy that I would like to leave as well is, man, that guy did the best he could. Okay. And that project was the best project that he could possibly do. I can't ask for any more than that. Now, I know that you're a family man where you're married mm -hmm. and you have uh, uh, two, um, two sons. Yes. Um, what, what, do, what do they think of, you know, this project and, you know, the passion that you have for it? What, what are they thinking? So I have a five-year-old and I have a soon-to-be two-year-old. <laughs> so the two-year-old, this is completely out of his scope of reasoning. Mm -hmm. The five-year-old, he kind of gets it. He just knows that daddy is doing something with Kung Fu. Nice, yep. He doesn't really have that concept yet. But I'm hoping that when he does have that concept, that he will one day look at me and he will say to himself, man, my dad did the best he could. Mm -hmm. That's my dad. Yep. And yep. if I hear that, whether I'm here or somewhere else, then that will be probably my greatest accomplishment to know that I left something for my son to be proud of because... I want him to be as proud of me as I was as proud of my dad. And that's a legacy that I would like to leave. Nice. Once this project is uh, wrapped and everything is, is good to go. Where, where do you go from here? Do you, do you think that you will in the future try your hands at you know another project and try to bring that into light or are you going to take time to just kind of settle down for a bit and kind of assess everything as it goes along man i'm going to enjoy the holidays but then come january 1st we've got another project okay so we have we have a couple of different things that we want to do and again they're all martial art projects okay the difference with these projects is that they will be in modern times. There you go. So they will be easier to do. Mm -hmm. We will be able to have a more diverse cast. Right. And each one is going to be better than the previous one. Yep. Because we can only go up from here. That's right. That's right. Are you trying to... Um, like how you did... With Scrolls of Honor right now, where you have a plethora of individuals from different, um, you know, martial arts uh, backgrounds. Is that what you're trying to incorporate with 
future projects as well? Yes, absolutely. Because again, like I said, when we when we work on the next project, which you know we can have a more diverse cast because mm. it won't be a period piece, right? Right. Then, yeah. I mean, I I imagine we're probably going to have so many different martial artists and styles that you know we won't know what to do with them. Yeah. Other than sure. let them be themselves. Because. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm going to put a friend out here, like I'm going to put him on blast. <laughs> there's a there's a good friend of mine who I worked with in a, a project from last year. Um, his name is uh, Trey Parker, and uh, you know we had worked on a a, a project last year um, called Miscalculated, and you know uh, we we became like you know good friends. I I I support this dude. He he's a great person. Uh, I also support uh, his wife, uh, Shanita, who's also um, a martial artist too. Um, who's also trying to get her knack into acting. And uh, you know, I will say that uh, at first, when I got casted into this, he, he, you know, Trey was like, "Oh, come on, man, do you think I can get in?" I'm like, "Bruh, you know, I wish I could, but uh, this is a majority, um, you know, Asian, ca- uh, you know, casted, you know, audience only. It's not to say, you know, you're not good at what you do, and you know, you're not a, a man of martial arts with gr- uh, tremendous knowledge. It's just not what's going on. But I promise you that uh, whenever something happens, if I know it." I'll, I'll bring I'll bring you on. You know, I'm just going to grab you by the hand and you grab your wife by the hand. I'm going to pull you both in the boat and we'll see what happens. So I hope, you know, uh, for your future projects that, you know, we will have more um, actors and more, you know, diversity and more um, great culture and, 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 and various uh, martial arts backgrounds. Uh, because I always feel like um, if 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 movie making and martial arts is like you know ingredients that are going to be thrown in a wok i i can only imagine at that point like you know we can make something good with all the possibilities and the supplies and the bountiful you know harvest of 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 talented actors and martial artists that are willing to 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 work together and make something uh a reality well, it's funny because I actually know Trey, and I'm very close with his grandmaster, Grandmaster Samuel Scott. Love Grandmaster Scott. Wonderful, wonderful man. Yes, sir. Fantastic martial artist. Yes, sir. But above and beyond all of that is just the sheer fact that he is an amazing human being. Correct. Right? He just he loves people, and he loves to help people, and he loves to see people not be a victim. Right. You know? And we work together. Um, I'm part of his team um, that he put together, Warriors Against Trafficking. Yep. And I've worked closely um, doing demos. I was years ago, true story, years ago, I was doing a demo and Grandmaster Scott was there. And after the demo, he personally invited me to demo at his international event. It was in 2017. Okay. And I went to it. And I did my demo, and it was just ever since then, I've sat on his um, board of directors for black belt testing. Yeah. Uh, board of masters. Yeah. Um, all those, all they're all masters. I don't consider myself a master, you know, because I, I always want to be a forever student. 
but those guys, they deserve the title master, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Even though they feel the same way, they're always learning stuff, but they are masters, 100%. Right. And not only because of their, their martial arts, but they're master human beings, man. Yeah. You know, they're master human beings because they have such love and humility and passion for the human race, you know, and that impresses me, right? Love First it. and foremost, yep. before you can punch a hole in the wall, how are you as a human being? You know, are you a decent person? Now I'm impressed. Right. You know, right. and they all impressed me greatly. So I've known Trey. I've, I've been to some demos. I've talked to Trey. Um, funny, we're actually trying to get together to work on some Wing Chun stuff. Oh, I'm nice. trying to get him on the wooden dummy. Yeah. But life has just, you know, it is hard to get things together and, and get things started. I see. Uh, but we're still working on it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to reach out to Trey. If he's listening, Trey, I'm going to reach out to you and see what we can put together. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, the next project that we do, I mean, doors are open. You know, for whoever's interested in being in the project, the door is open because, again, it's it's not a, you know, a certain ethnic group because it's a certain type of movie. Correct. Right. Correct. So, yeah, sky's the limit for, you know, whoever's interested, reach out, you know, we'll make things happen. Nice. That's what we do here. We make things happen. Yes, sir. Amen to that. Now, this is the part of the show where uh, I have my guests take on the the coveted challenge that i call the the rapid fire challenge oh boy yes sir so basically this is what's going to go down uh i'm going to ask a couple of series of questions and you're going to do the best that you can uh to answer it however you want now the questions can be like fill in the blank it could be true false it could be multiple choice it could be whatever it is and just as examples, as, as baseline questions, I'm just, I'm just going to share some stuff with you and, and just so that you know how's it going. Okay. Um, I could be like, okay, <clears throat> uh, Coke or Pepsi? And you probably say, well, Pepsi, because, you know, it's, a, it's the choice of a new generation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Okay. Uh, I could ask you something like, uh, um, what is the most challenging uh, martial arts weapon that you have ever uh, trained in? And you could probably say, um, probably the three-sectional staff because, you know, it's just, it's a staff in three pieces and, you know, it can go either way. Um, I could even ask you something like fill in the blank. Um, if I had a free 24 hours to myself, I probably would, and then you probably might say, you know, I just probably would train and then meditate. Got it. Yes, sir. So are, okay. you, are you ready for the rapid I, fire questions? I think questions? I'm ready. All right. So, I think we're ready to do this. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 1v1, you know, the rapid fire challenge where uh, Jimmy D. Nolte will go one-on-one -on -one with the rapid fire questions. And and, and these questions are, uh, you know, they might be technical. They might be serious. <laughs> they might be silly. We don't know. You know, we'll find out. So here we go in no uh, direct order. So here we go. Dun, 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 dun. And we have begun. Uh, the primary uh, the primary colors of yellow, blue, and red, my favorite color is? Your favorite color? No, your favorite color. My co blue. Okay. Oh, wow. Everybody's been... <laughs> you know, shout outs to people that have actually been, uh, you know, saying blue lately. You know, because that's my favorite color of the primary spectrum. So, you know, kudos to that. Um... 
I'm not doing math questions. No, you're okay, not good. doing it. This isn't is an SAT okay, now. good. So. That's good. All right. I'm sweating less now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Favorite city in the United States that you've been to? New York. Nice. Okay. Um, if I actually had uh, a, a certain uh, hunger for something, uh, my number one um, food of choice would be? Ravioli. Wow. Okay. Um, between the following Asian cuisines, between Chinese, Japanese, Korean, and Vietnamese, my favorite cuisine between the four is? Probably Chinese. Okay. Any uh, style, uh, specialized style of ch the Chinese cuisine? Yes, the most... American Chinese dish ever, sweet and sour chicken. Oh, God. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you know, I'm a panda man, you know, panda express man myself. So the, the orange chicken, the right? orange chicken it, is yeah. it's and pretty the fried good. Rice. And the it, fried rice, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. No, you really can't. No, you can't. Especially, you know, pro tip: if you guys go to if you guys go to Panda Express, order the uh, you know the the super big bowl for like eleven ninety nine because the portions. Are very generous. Just saying. I mean, you know, you got three entrees and either like, you know, fried rice or steamed white rice or even chow mein noodles. I mean, come on, guys. Come on. Just yeah. saying. I mean, seriously, right? You can't yeah. go wrong with that. For sure. If I had any um, foreign country that I could go to where money is not an option and it's okay and it's taken care, it's taken care of that I can go there, then the number one foreign country that i would like to travel to is israel wow now why israel the holy land okay i would love to go and see the holy land okay and just see what what is there and what everybody that i've talked to that's been there has always said that there's a feeling and an energy there and a power there that's just doesn't seem to be anywhere else i see so i would love to go there and I mean, you know, I'm, I was born and raised as a Christian. So yeah, definitely. I would like to go and visit where it all started. If it wasn't for the martial arts, then blank. A bum. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> um, no, you know what? If it, if it wasn't for the martial arts, um, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. Okay. So in a sense, yeah, I guess a bum. Oh. I, I wouldn't be the person that I am now. Right on. <laughs> what is the one uh, greatest piece of advice that you got when it came to uh, your martial arts training? If your opponent gets up, you did a lousy job. Wow. If there is a martial art that uh, that I know that I have not learned yet that I see it being very interesting or I know that I would like to cross train in what martial art would that be? Definitely Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Okay. I would like to, I, I have a baseline, but I would like to delve into it a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's, it's practical and it's useful and it's something that, you know, I would love to add to my bag of tricks. Okay. Favorite car? 
Batmobile. Oh, the Batmobile. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's see. We got we got some we got some more good ones. Okay. Um an amazing art, uh, martial artist that you have seen in person. That I have seen in person. Yes, sir. Dan and Asano. Wow. Okay, the student of Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Wow. Where where was this at? Um, he was here a couple years ago. Um, I actually did some training with a guy in Gaithersburg that was a private student of Dan and Asano for several years in like the late 80s and early 90s. I see. And Dan and Asano was doing a seminar. And I went to the seminar and did not meet the man, did not get close to meet the man, uh, but just watched him from afar. And I mean, he, you know, as everybody knows, Dan is up in age, but moved like somebody who was in his late 20s, early 30s. It was just blindingly fast. Wow. And it was incredible to watch. Wow. Favorite martial arts movie? Fist of Fury. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, here's an interesting one. Um, if I saw my younger self being that the person that I am right now, what would I tell my younger self? Stay away from some of the people that you've dated. Oh, geez. just say no. <laughs> And don't stress all that ridiculous stuff because in the end, it all comes out in the wash. Nice. Here's a random one. Your house is burning and your family members are telling you, we got to get out of here. But you realize that, you know, there's so many great things in the house, but you're only allowed three, uh, you know, material possessions. What would you, what would you save out of those three material possessions? I have a track suit that is really comfortable to train in. <laughs> Love it. So I would grab that. Nice. I would grab the Kung Fu suit that I wear for the movie because if the fire happens before the movie is done, I need that suit Very to good. finish the movie. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and the third thing. You know, the, the third thing that comes to mind is the fact that I had a, a craving for Chips Ahoy chocolate chip cookies and my wife just bought a whole brand new thing and it's like, I'm taking those with me. That's fine. Because, you know, waiting for the fire department, man, you might get hungry. You yeah. got something to snack on. Yeah. I mean, that's just, chocolate chips are a must, brother. There you go. Do you prefer the beach or do you prefer being on the land? Beach. Nice. Um, let's see. If you had a moment to talk to both your sons, what kind of advice would you give them? Just do the best you can. That's all I ask is that you just do and be the best that you can. Okay. We've got a couple more good ones. Um, hmm. Okay. Oh, this is one that I actually asked uh, Nelson Greg Sason uh, in the last uh, episode, and uh, we're going to we're going to test this theory out. If the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles had a four way <laughs> battle, 
who do you think would be the winner? Off the top of my head, I would have to go with Donatello. Oh, wow. All right. That's random. That's random. <laughs> uh, he he actually said Leonardo, although his uh, heart was with Michelangelo. I would have just picked Michelangelo uh, just because I, I just the, – the nunchucks and that surfer attitude. You sure that Nelson wasn't thinking of Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, <laughs> Maybe got the question mixed up. I mean, you know, <laughs> if he was, I mean, I had to play that, uh, you know, that uh, musical score of the Titanic when the boat was going down. Oh yeah, that's right. Was that Celine Dion's <laughs> yeah song that my, got my heart played will over go on. and over yep, and over? Yep, yep. Yeah, and over and over. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know what? Uh, I mean, more power to her. She made money out of that song. Yeah, so God, I, that ruled the airways like 1999 or 98 or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Bruce Lee, the man or overrated? The man. Nice. Definitely the man. Okay. Jumping on the ne- the next generation, Brandon Lee, overrated or the man? too hard to tell he didn't have enough time mm. to really show what he could do i think that i think he could have been a great actor i think he probably got better movie plots than his father did right um but as far as his martial arts skill i don't think he was as close to equal as his father i can agree i can agree with that i i can agree with that i've actually um it's so coincidental. I actually said somebody to somebody last week, I said that uh, Bruce Lee was the better martial artist. Brandon Lee was the better actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I know my friend is uh, a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> perturbed that I said that. But, hey, I say what I say and I feel what I feel. I, you know, Bruce Lee, you know, he was a great martial artist. But, you know, if we're going to compare him – to his son, in the uh, the terms of acting, Brandon got it better. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so. Yeah, definitely. And Brandon got better movies. I mean, let's face it. The 70s kung fu movies were cheesy. Yeah. You know, the action is what spoke, not so much the plot of the movie. Right. Even though I think Bruce Lee's movies were way better than some of the other things that were being turned out mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Brandon had, you know, better movies and, and they were more modernized and... Um, yeah, I think he. I I think he was a good actor. I think he had have lived long enough. I think he would have been like an A list actor for sure. What would have been a lot better for you to live in, um, Metropolis or or Gotham City? Oh, definitely Metropolis. Hundred <laughs> percent Metropolis. Okay. I mean, Lois Lane is there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Daily Planet. All right. Um. Are you a Marvel guy? Yes. What's your favorite uh, Marvel character? Um, I, I'm definitely, you know, it's a toss-up between the Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man. Good, good. All right. That's a good combination. Um, Star Wars, yay or nay? Darth Vader all the way. Oh, my brother. Yes, <laughs> yes. I will I will jump with the dark side with Darth Vader any day of the week. I'm I'm sorry to my all of my friends that are uh Star Wars fans, but you know, me and Darth Vader got a thing going on, man. It's yeah. a it's a great relationship. Yeah, and I mean I'm sorry, but I think he just had the better lightsaber. The I, red was yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I I mean I, I I get that. Yeah. I get that. 
All right, a few more questions. Uh, what What's your favorite kind of music? Um, God, man, I, I anything like you know, classic you, rock, oldies, nineties, eighties, um, Beatles, Stones. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much. I I can if it's good, I'll listen to it. Okay. Okay. Apple or Android? Apple. Nice. Um, if I could take 24 hours to go to a one-day trip by myself, then where would I go? Disneyland, baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that'd be a heck of a 24 hours. <laughs> Most of it's already just getting over there. Basically. So. Yeah, unless you got like a... Uh, a super fast, like, you know, astronaut jet that can get you from here to there in, like, two seconds. Well, the 24 hours starts once you get there. That's fair. No, that is fair. I would actually grant that, too. Okay. Fair I would, enough. I would grant that. Um, favorite subject in school? Vocabulary. Okay. Okay. Um, what was the last movie that you watched? Um... God, we just we just watched it Saturday night. I think it was called 40, 40 something. Okay. It was a comedy about a married couple. They both turned 40 and they had two teenage daughters and their life was just, you know, in complete havoc because they were middle-aged and they were trying to have their time together, but the daughters interfered and his father interfered. It was just very typical married couple with kids that are 40 or over. Oh, wow. The 40-somethings will understand. I need not say any more. <laughs> Very good. All right. We got, uh, I think we got room for three more questions. Okay. Okay. So, uh, question number one. Yes, sir. Um, who's the one person that has heavily influenced your life? My father. God bless him. Yes. God bless him. 100%. Um... Here's an interesting one. Um, you're going to dinner, mm -hmm. and you notice that there is a table, and you notice that there is a place setting for four people, and you realize, wait a minute. I know that I'm here. Who are the three extra people? Here's the catch. There's three empty spots now. Who would be invited to this dinner? Now, they can be either dead or alive, they could be famous or non-famous. They could be somebody that you know personally. Who would be the three other people um, on that table? What would you talk about, and how do you think uh, that conversation would go? So I'm assuming one of those people would have to be my wife, right? Uh, it's whatever you happy want, sir. Happy wife, happy wife, happy it, wife, happy it, wife. If, if, she, if you want her to be invited <laughs> on that table, she can be a guest. Um, okay, so if we put her in the next booth and we leave those three chairs still open. Whatever you like. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I would say probably, uh, you know what? I'd go with Bruce Lee, Elvis, and Jimi Hendrix, man. Wow. Yeah, man. That that is an interesting trio. Now, like, okay, why did you pick those three, and how do you think that conversation would go with all of them? Well, I know that two of those people would be, you know, 
probably a music inclined conversation. Right. But then on the other side of it, which is great because I, I can talk music. I love talking music. Yeah. You know, especially like the older rock and older classic Motown, all that stuff, man. Right. I'm, I was into all that. Yeah. Still am. Yeah. And then the other side of that is two of those people would also get into a martial art conversation. Love it. So kind of the best of both worlds. Nice. If you were to, if you knew that you were going to leave this world in one hour and you had a live feed where you had a microphone and the whole world, the whole entire planet Earth was watching, what would you, what would you say to the world? Watch our movie, man. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Besides that, no, that would, that would come later. That would come later for sure. Before that, I would say, get yourself right. We're all on this planet together, man. Yep. Act like we all can get along. Let's just get along. Stop the nonsense. Let's just enjoy the time that we're here because you only live once. Mm -hmm. So let's put all the hate aside. Let's just be a human race. And now that you guys have agreed on that, sit and watch our movie because you'll see people coming together and making the impossible possible. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, you know what? You uh, dealt with the rapid fire questions very well. I'm very impressed. Well, thank you. You you did very well. I mean, there was there have been past guests that, you know, either they did their best and they kind of like buckled under the pressure or they took a long time. You you entered that door in, into that arena with confidence. Thank you, sir. That, I that was it. that was good. That was good. Um, now this is the moment of the show where, like you know, if you have anything to say, you know, whether if you want to uh, divulge, you know, any uh, possible social medias that you have, if you want to talk about stuff that's going on, you know, with you know certain projects in the future. If you want to give like, you know, a shout out and say hello to certain people, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and let you have the floor. So at this point, uh, the floor is yours. You can say whatever you want. So, yeah, I have TikTok, um, which I don't really use a lot, but I do have it. I do have Instagram and I do have a Facebook page. So, yeah, anybody has questions or comments or want to reach out there, I'd be more than happy to get to know you or, you know, talk to you or whatever. Um, I just, man, I just want to say thanks for the opportunity to sit here tonight and and be a part of this and, you know, kind of tell people what's going on and, you know, just let people in on, on the things that we've got going on and my background. And I feel like, you know, this was a great opportunity to maybe network and, and get myself out there. Um, you know, anybody's interested in learning martial arts or, you know, learning some Guanjido, please feel free. I'd love to work with people. I love to teach people. I like to interact with that. And, you know, it keeps me young, keeps me in shape because I get to work out with other people that, you know, are probably a lot younger than me. So I feel the need to keep up, which is probably good. Yeah. You know, it's great exercise, daily dose of a vitamin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man. I just I really appreciate you thinking of me and and bringing me here and having me do this. I think I talked enough about myself. I'm already tired of listening to myself. 
<laughs> and I'm sure other people probably are too. They're probably like, man, get him off. He's done. He's run the gamut. Let's bring on somebody fresh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you, Kim, for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. And I was glad to get out there and, you know, maybe connect with some folks. Jimmy, um, well, first and foremost, I want to say, you know, um, thank you so much for, um, you know, giving me the position to be in, you know, Scrolls of Honor. I know that there were a lot of people um, that probably would have been, you know, qualified for that position. Uh, but, you know, whatever, uh, however it may be, you decided to you know to pick out my card and, and roll the dice and i cannot you know thank you enough for this great opportunity um i thank you for being a guest and spending some time over here uh on the kim huang podcast experience and um i will definitely say that you know you have an open invite anytime if you want to run it back again if you if it's something like you want to talk about you know movies if you want to talk about music if you want to talk about martial arts you know the proverbial skeleton key is right there on the table for you go ahead and use it and get into the back door and let me know and uh, we'll make it happen again awesome thanks kim i really appreciate it yeah. and thank you for being a part of schools of honor we wouldn't be able to do it without you and i think that when i spoke to you on the phone there was an energy there there was a connection there and it was like you know i want to bring him on i think he's a great asset I appreciate that, sir. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the part of the show where I'm going to do my best to do the uh, closing uh, you know, segments of the show. And you would think that after being that we are on season two, you would think that I would have it right. Um, not so much. <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you, but we're going to go ahead and, and give it a go because, you know, I'm motivated. Um, so here we go in no consequential order. Um, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I am on social media. Uh, go over to Facebook, go under the search box and type in the Kim Huang podcast experience, hit the enter button and it will be there. Please like it, follow it. You'll love it. It's all good. Yes, I am on, uh, Instagram and on Twitter. You can find me on both of those at uh, TKHPC experience all in one word lowercase letters there are no um, you know underscores or spacing it's just how it is follow me I'll follow you back we are on not one not two not three not four but five or numero cinco uh, podcasting platforms we are on um, the following we are on anchor we are on Spotify for all my uh, Apple people that have iPhones, we have Apple Podcasts. We're on there, too. We're also on uh, Google Podcasts, and we are on Amazon Music. Now, do me a favor. If you have Spotify, uh, please give me a five-star ranking. I would really appreciate that. If you have uh, Apple Podcasts, for all you Apple users, whether if it's an iPhone, an iPad, or you know a MacBook Pro, or even an iMac, Go ahead and uh, please give me a five-star review and also give me an excellent uh, written review. And the purpose behind that is that the more good reviews and rankings that gets into either Spotify and or Apple Podcasts, the more opportunity and chances that it gets pushed to the front of the line. And people might go, dude. That's the Kim Huang podcast experience. That's what uh, you know. That's what Lisa was telling me about the other day. We got to check it out. Yes, yes, 
And while you're at it, spread the word about it. Spread it around social media. Even if you have TikTok, make a video about it. Spread it on social media. You know, the more the merrier. You know, I can only get but so far. But with your love and support and your help, I can go further. A lot further. And you know what? We're just getting started. And last but not least, if you want to email me, you can do so. Whether if you want to be a special guest, if you want to be a special guest host, if you have any uh, constructive criticism, or if you just want to say, hey, I thought your show sucked, man. Hey, I'm all about it. <laughs> Go ahead and email me, the Kim Huang Podcast Experience at gmail.com. Whatever it is, write it in the body of the email, write the subject, whatever the subject is. I'll get it. I'll probably get back to you in 24 hours because I do like uh, proper correspondence. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. Uh, you know, I really appreciate all the love and support that you guys have been giving me. It's amazing. Uh, please be safe out there. Make good decisions. Make right decisions. And make safe decisions. Because... It doesn't do me any good if for some weird reason you just die on me and you land in a pine box and get buried six feet under. That's not what we want in life, guys, because we want you to do well. We want you to be healthy. We want you to, su we want you to succeed. We want you to love life because, you know, you deserve it. The world is your uh, oyster. And you know what? If the oysters, um, you know, if the pearl's right in that oyster, just grab the pearl and run, man, because you deserve it. Everyone deserves it. Every Everybody deserves to be happy. And I want you guys to be in a very good place. That being said, I'm out of here. Uh, you know, coming once again from the Asian Sensation Studios in the greater Washington, D.C. area. For the one time, for the one time, this is your host with the most, Kim Hoang, the Asian Sensation, saying, guys, thank you. I love you all. Thank you for the support. We're going to do it again. And uh, we will catch you guys real soon on another future episode so for my guest jimmy d nolte i am kim huang saying arigato and uh we will see you soon peace